0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is a brand new and a Monday edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. And on Mondays, even after Father's Day, he joins us from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com and HockeyBuzz.com. It is the one and only Bill Meltzer. Happy Father's Day as we tape on Father's Day evening. Much appreciated. Um, You too. Uh, As we uh, get ready to record this, I'm trying to uh, destroy a bug that's in my studio that made its way in here over the weekend and I have been in here in a couple of days. So we'll get this sucker. You may even hear it on the podcast at some point, <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, Bill, I know you've been doing a lot of preparation. I've been reading all your stories and previews on potential draft picks and the guys to the top of this draft. And, you know, it's interesting because this draft has been pointed to for a while as being one that's got a good amount of depth. And I actually have a question here from, from a listener that sent one in and he says, um, you know about this draft in particular kind of looking at this one and you know one where there's a lot of really good players and sometimes they like to say well in this draft this player would have gone here or here yeah. would have been at the top of the draft and here's what uh, uh, I don't know the guy's name He's at CityKid18 he says hey Jason here's a question related to the Proveroff trade he said I recently read that Zach Benson may be available at seven and his with his stat line would have been ranked as the first overall pick in each of the last 3 drafts with the draft being obviously deep what would the 22nd overall pick be this year would it be comparable to other years uh, a top 5 pick a top 10 pick with that 22nd pick thanks in advance but let's start with benson would benson have been the number 1 overall pick in three straight drafts i don't know about that
1: i, I don't know about that either um i think there'd be there'd be years where he would be slam dunk top 6 or 7 Yeah, you know, Um, yeah. I mean Benson, um, and and actually, I just wrote about Benson today on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. I'd be comfortable with the Flyers taking Benson at number seven, Um, but you also might be able to trade down four or five spots, even, and then he still might be there. Um, You know, Benson, uh, and and of course, you know, every every player, every player is unique. So I I hate, I hate pigeonholing guys with you know, he's, he's like a guy. Yeah, you know, like name an NHL player, he's in that same mold. But but in some ways you can kinda of compare him to Claude Giroux when he was drafted. Um he is undersized, not not the fastest skater. And that that can be that can knock a guy down in, in rankings. Um, you know, Giroux in the two thousand six draft wasn't considered especially deep, but yet yeah, there was Giroux at twenty second overall. Uh, I, I think that... I think that uh, the draft ratings have gotten a little better since then, but still that, that combination of being on the small side and not, and not being fast often or not being he's quick. He, you know, like, sure he's quick, but not necessarily fast. That that combination of not being a fast straight line skater on, on top of being small, that can knock a guy down to the mid teens and the twenties or so on. Also, you know, it, also sometimes those smaller players have a little more adjustment period because it's going to take a little longer for, for them to add, to add weight. I mean, in, in um, muscle. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in the case of Benson, uh, he's listed at 159, 160. That, that's a long, that's a long way to go to be able to physically compete in the NHL, no matter how, no matter how smart a player you are. Um, that's yeah. Morgan and, Frost. Yeah. Morgan Frost. It's some, some kind of a, some kind of a adjustments that he's going to have to make. Um, one of the big ones being you're not going to have as nearly as much time with the puck, you know. Just, uh, just, just that he he can dominate at the Western Hockey League level because he's so much smarter than a lot of the players he's playing against. Um, and once he once he's on his edges, he, he's very he's elusive. So he has there's every reason to believe that Zach Benson's going to be a darn good NHL player, as long as you don't expect him to step into the NHL as a teenager and make an impact right away. It might take a few years, till he's up in the NHL, maybe even an AHL year, and then when he's about 22 years old, it was 23 in Frost's case, but, but possibly about when he's 22, that's when you see every everything start to click for him. So as long as you're not expecting immediate dominance, then I, I think you're I think you're in, in, in good shape drafting him wherever you might draft him. Um, what in in terms of the depth, who might go? You know, where would the 22nd overall pick go? it's hard to put a number on it, but I'll say this, you know, our, our our friend of the show, Craig button um, just was talking about the depth of the draft. And he said in his estimation, there are 20 to 24 guys that you can, that he could say without, without stretching too much to say, this guy could be a a top four defenseman or top six forward. That's that's a pretty darn
0: good draft. Yeah. draft, Yeah. If you're prognosticating that kind of bulk with what, I mean, you're talking about lofty status, top six forward and yeah. a top four D. Um, you know, one thing about a Bill, too, is we know how patient Flyers Twitter is. <laughs> so it takes a guy a little bit of time. They'd like to I think sometimes you want a guy that's going to have an impact earlier, but maybe not as great. You know, but and there's some players that could have a bigger impact, a greater impact, but it'll take longer to see it. Sure. And, you know, like in a case like Giroux you know, with the way the NHL has changed and is so much about skating and skill and maybe to the eye test, like he doesn't pop skill. He pops hockey awareness and hockey IQ because we know now, like I, I I remember early in his career, I was like, this guy's always in the right spot, always on the right side of the puck, always reading the play, going to the place where the puck ends up going. And that's just not a thing you can teach. And it doesn't show up in a combine shows up with eyes on, um, You know, for a guy like Giroux in today's game, he may have been even second round draft pick because of the skating. I mean, the skating is not bad, but it's not the most. He's like on a rocking chair as he kind of plows his way through a neutral zone.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And sometimes, if you're a little bigger, they'll be a little bit more forgiving on the skating side where where you're ranked. And you know, if you're small and you can fly, or if you have. Well, I kind of is not a good not a good example because his skills are just so off the charts. But you know, if you're you're on in the, the small side you can yeah. fly. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, but if you if you have like a, you know, you could skate like McDavid or in that 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 universe and you're small, they'll overlook it, you know. Mm-hmm. But but if you're you know, if you're on the small side and you're kind of an average straight line skater, even if you're elusive, you know, you, you, you fall on a draft. I mean, Mark Racki and it's a whole other era. But I mean, Mark Reck, he's a Hall of Famer. If he wasn't 5'10" and his skating didn't look so ugly, you know. But but he got he got from he was quick and he was smart and he and He got he always got from point A to point B. So that's that's something that if you you know you're putting a stopwatch on or something would be this guy's this guy's you know not necessarily a top end guy. And he played in the league forever and had a Hall of Fame career. Everybody's going to be different. So you just, it, and it, the draft is, and this is, I guess this bears repeating, and we're probably going to repeat it again. The draft is a starting spot. It's not an end point. Yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of times what scouts look for is, okay, how many, how many blanks have to be filled in for this guy to to hit his ceiling? And sometimes if it's it's going to take a little longer because the guy needs to put on 25, 30 pounds, not the easiest thing to do, you know, um, we, whatever the case might be, if, if a guy's a particularly poor skater and needs power skating, and and you know that that can like Matthew I mean, Strobe. but yeah, so yeah, well, Matthew Strupp's a yeah, he, he went the, and he obviously he's he's ended up topping on the American Hockey League, and
0: yeah, um, but then you got another recent example, Bobby Brink, a guy who that, has put up numbers everywhere,
1: right, right, and that's why he was a second a second round pick at his size, yeah. um and so far, you know, so far it hasn't really affected him too much, and I think he'll. He'll play in the NHL, and we'll see, we'll see where he goes from there. Um, the other the other thing, too, is when they look at a guy's floor, they go, okay, if he's not going to score in the NHL, what is his role going to be? Is he versatile enough? Is he a guy who can play in your play top nine you know, or be like a lower end, like a penalty-killing kind of guy? So, you know, the, because if a guy doesn't hit a ceiling, okay, where, where's his floor and where's where's the middle?
0: And, and is he willing to accept that job?
1: And, and is he willing to and is he willing to accept that? yeah, um because there's only so many minutes to go around so that that's all that that all goes into the the drafting ranks. but just because a guy's picked in a certain spot and you know it, it does it doesn't necessarily limit what he's going to do. I mean, look at look at a guy like Brayden Point. he was a second round pick. and if you redrafted that draft, you'd be up near the top. It's just it's just there were more there were more blanks to fill in and uh, that's you know it, it's always it's always. In, <laughs> uh, I guess the best way to say it is you don't get the benefit of retro drafting because when you retro draft it would look a lot different.
0: Yeah, of course, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, you look at you know the Tampa Bay Lightning. You don't wonder why they had the success that they had because you're able to get a guy in Kucherov, not at the top of you got some top of the draft guys with Headman. And Stamkos. I mean, you took a, a goalie, a first round goalie, obviously, in um, in Vasilevsky yeah. to take over for Ben Bishop at the time. I and mean, maybe people thought they were crazy for doing that when they did. It, it worked out beautifully. Uh, but then you do, you see a guy. I mean, Brady Point was actually a third round. He was the 79th overall pick. Hooch is in the second round. He's like in the 50s. It's crazy, but that, that's how you got to build in today's game. Um, Bill, let's, let's talk about. You know, this draft class and, you know, is, is there a guy they could get at seven? And do they have to go D if they want to get a guy that can go seven and possibly start right away in the NHL?
1: It's a little it's a little tougher with defensemen. I'm, I'm leery of starting defensemen in the NHL. immediately. Yeah. Um, even the guy, even, even a guy like even a guy like Victor Hedman took a few years. Yep. You know, um, I, I, I mean, sometimes sometimes the guy just takes a big jump. In his draft plus one year, and then maybe he might be ready a year after that. Um, I I don't know that there's anybody who's gonna any defenseman who's gonna jump right away, but sometimes you know sometimes a, a guy who goes significantly later might end up being a better defenseman in the in the long haul than uh, yeah. you know the, the first defenseman off the board. And and there's some guys who jumped this year. Uh, Tom Vilander, Thomas Vilander, this year. Now now you hear that he's. Well, you know, there's a good chance he's going to be the second defenseman off the board. You know, you ho- you've heard uh, Axel sandin Pelika, and now it seems like uh Vlander is the hotter name of the two, and he might actually be the second defenseman off the board. Or even with Reinbacher, you know, well, I, you know, I've heard some people say, oh, well, he's a, he's a middle-pair defenseman. Well, you don't know that. You don't know that he's a middle-pair defenseman. Um, really, the only thing he's kind of lacking is a little bit of offense in his game. And that, that can come along. Not you, know, you look at sometimes the guys who are the best two-way defensemen, even sometimes the best offensive defensemen. And uh you look at their draft year, and they might have had seven, eight points, um, particularly the European guys. Yeah. And, you know, so it's uh, defense defensemen are are really a crapshoot. I mean, the Flyers don't have the best history of developing defensemen, but it's actually gotten better. Um if you look from the twenty tens onward, I mean, there were a long there was a long time where the flyers just have entire blue lines with with no homegrown guys or maybe one. So they' but it's a, it's just it's a harder position to uh, to nail because uh, to me, forwards are a little bit easier to to project a few years out., um, you know it's, I and mean, I don't mean if you have like a, a Drew Dowdy Doughty or a Victor Hedman who were just slam dunks to go near the top of the draft at Chris Bronger. You know, at some point, it's going to click for them. But but those guys, those guys are rare. You know, yeah. um, well, they're, they're, so, their their isn't as predicated on statistical numbers either. Well, exactly, exactly. There's there's so much there's so much in a in defenseman game. So much of it is about detail and small plays, um, and small plays that, that sometimes don't even jump out because it's it's killing a play before it gets dangerous. And it it's uh, you know, you have a good gap, a quick stick, and the play is broken up. Uh, and you do, you know, you make it look easy, but the same another defenseman who's not a, not as hockey savvy, that's that's a great A scoring chance, and you might not even notice the difference. Other than, geez, he doesn't seem to be the ice for a lot of chances and goals. That's really that's where where it hits you over repeated viewings.
0: Bill, where's the first spot in the draft where you could kind of see a general manager throw a curveball? You have Chicago; they're going to take Bedard. Anaheim, I'm assuming they're taking Fantilli. Now Columbus, do, you know Miechkov is apparently coming to the draft and yeah. taking meetings and and all of that. Is is Yarmo a guy that's going to go? Okay, I'm going to swing at Miechkov, or is he going to go? I'm going Carlson, for all the reasons, country, all of that stuff. You know the the, the fact Yar, that Carlson can probably help him quicker, yeah. and he needs it quicker.
1: Yarmo's pretty bold. Yeah, you know, I, if Yarmo likes a guy, he's going to take him. Um, so I I don't I don't think he's going to necessarily go by the rankings you know by by the public rankings I mean they're going to go with the internal rankings but I mean that I don't see him going safe for the safe the sake of going safe I, I think any spot from three on down there could be there could be surprises and there might be somebody let's say you know you see you see a lot of mocks that'll have um, Carlson three and Smith at four could it go that way it could go that way but um, no, not necessarily, not necessarily, and uh, and we were just talking about Benson. I mean, Benson, Benson could be a guy who could slide up. Somebody could look at, geez, this guy's uh, has a level of hockey smarts plus plus the skill. You know what? We're going to roll the dice. We're going to go with it. that, and it, it wouldn't be a reach either. That's that's why this, you know, why the draft is called so. why it, it's it, being such a deep draft. Um, and,
0: and we don't, uh, we, don't, we, don't Mike, we don't know, we don't know the temptation of Mike Greer with San Jose like exactly yeah. exactly and, and, and where you know who who
1: really likes Reinbacher could could it be ahead of the Flyers pick yeah you know um yeah, and it very, it very easily could um you know could it even be could it even be uh slips into the top 10 quite possibly you know and um or you know or sometimes the team goes off the board significantly um I remember it was 2007 uh, nobody had Hickey Going fourth overall. A lot of a lot of rankings had him in the 20s. And that was a year that didn't especially click, although he did eventually play in the NHL. And a great example of going off the board, probably the ultimate example, was the Flyers taking Peter Forsberg in, in, in 91. Yeah. And that's a guy who, who the Hockey News had, I think, was 25th. And you read, you read his write up in the, cause there, because there weren't a million scouting sources back then. You, know, you, you kind of had to go with the Hockey News draft preview. But but the uh in there they had him twenty fifth um, the The only thing Mike Pommector is famous for is that they ranked him ahead of Forsberg, yeah. you know um, but it, but what they described Forsberg in there as a was a safe second rounder who could slip into the first, and they compared him to uh uh thomas Steen, but but he won't be as good right and Thomas Steen was a good player, but yeah. you know I mean, that that's a case where I mean people were shocked when the flyers took forsberg, although although Mackenzie was tipped off. It's it's great. Anybody, everybody wants to go back on YouTube and watch Peter Forsberg at the 91 draft. And, uh, you know, Mackenzie says, well, I've heard Philadelphia likes the the Swedish kid, Peter Forsberg. Uh, It sounds like they might take him, although no other team would take him this early. It's right. It's right. And and it's funny, too, because Peter's English became virtually unaccented. You know, like Peter never sounded Swedish. He sounded almost American. He, had, he has trouble communicating English at that, that point in his life. So it's, uh, I de- definitely go on YouTube and, and Google 91 draft Peter Forsberg. But um, so sometimes you go off the board and, and it pays off big. Sometimes you go off the board and, and like a Jay O'Brien pick and it doesn't work out. So that's uh, that's part of the fun of the draft.
0: D- didn't he play on a line with Steen at World Juniors and back on his team back in Finland? Uh, Marcus Nasland. Or Marcus, Marcus Nasland. That's right. Yeah. Him and Naslund. Naslund. yeah. That's right. I remember hearing him tell some stories about that. Um, which brings us to our, our next uh, element here. Jay Young uh, sent me a DM, Billy. He said, hey, Jason, been a long-time listener here. First-time caller. Uh, thank you, so to speak. He said, I've seen rumblings that, yes, you Pool Yarvey may not be signed by the Canes to an extension this offseason with the current state of the Flyers and obviously more dominoes to fall as we get deeper in the offseason here. Do you think he's a guy that Danny Briere should pursue? He's a bit of a reclamation project right now, but, I think he could fill a slot for us for the next season. If we got him on kind of a low risk, one or two year contract, would it be a move worth considering making? I think mean, go back to Yarmo and, you know, Jesse RV. everybody thought that was the pick. And, you know, he's had a real tumultuous NHL career bill so far. Is he the type of reclamation project the Flyers may be interested in? Yeah.
1: Uh, you're talking about a short term, you know, short term deal, prove it kind of thing. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they're not looking—they're not looking for anything long-term. Not looking for anything big cap. So, as as a reclamation project, one year maybe walks after a year, or you know, if it it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, uh, that—that's that—that that might be worth kicking
0: the can at. Sure. Really, what they'd be providing him, it wouldn't be a financial deal, windfall for him. It would basically be, we're going to give you what not a lot of other teams are going to give you. It's ice time and opportunity. How would he mesh with John Tortorella and what he asks? Well, um, that that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's not a he's
1: not a bad player. He he hasn't scored the way that uh, he's taken high in the draft for a reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he, highly skilled guy. I mean, it it could work. He wouldn't he wouldn't be the first guy who's been through a couple organizations before before it clicks for him, and he has a ton of incentive. So, so why not?
0: Yeah, and it, it, I think it, it's an interesting name. I really like the question that Jay sent in on that one. So, um, there's your answer, Jay. Congratulations. Um, you know, but one of the other things as we get closer to the draft and, you know, we look at all the different options that will be there at this draft. And, you know, we just talked about where curveballs could come, uh, whether that's with Columbus or maybe that is with either Montreal, Arizona, or the San Jose Sharks all drafting ahead of the Flyers. Uh, But when you get there to seven, and if there is no forwards off the board, it's all forwards off the board and no D, do you think Danny's really tempted to take the number one D man off the board at that spot? I mean, you're ranking your players. You're going best player available. He's made it pretty clear that's where he's going BPA. Um, When you go, wow, we can get a right shot guy, best defenseman on the board. And is that guy necessarily, it's not a slam dunk to be Reinbacher?
1: No, that's what I'm saying. A, a guy like Elander, that, yeah, that got up in the rankings. Um, and uh, I, I, I personally, there's still forwards I like a lot. Um, I could, I could understand picking Reinbacher if you're, you know, if you're scouts who viewed him more times, well, you're <laughs> you know? taking Dvorsky
0: ahead of him. Are you taking Leonard ahead of him and Benson? Uh,
1: yeah, I I I those are the two guys I particular I you know, I particularly, I particularly like Leonard and and Dvorsky. Um you know, Dvorsky is funny and sometimes it's the difference between I think what professional scouts rank a player as versus um sometimes what you see in the, the publicly available things. Because um, sometimes sometimes you read about Dvorsky and actually actually Jordan Hall and I just had a conversation about this. Because sometimes you read some of the, uh, the sites where it's people, who, you know, they're, they're, they're hockey fans. They, they follow the draft, but they're not scouts. I'm not a scout. You know, I'm, I'm personally watched a lot of hockey, but I don't, I'm certainly not a scout, but sometimes you read on there. Well, he's uh, he, he needs, to, he needs his skating to improve and he needs to improve defensively. Then you see um, my a buddy of mine, Grant McCagg, who used to be a Montreal Canadiens scout. Now he, uh, as a scouting publication recruits, uh, every year he does a, a a poll of friends of his or NHL scouts. Lo and behold, the number one defensive forward on their poll is Dvorsky. So, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you look at, oh, well, he had a minus 17 in in the Swedish minor league. He must be deficient defensively. You know, I, I think that, um, sometimes you need to really watch a player a lot. And, And, and like in Dvorsky's case, uh, if you look at, and I'm talking about the World Juniors, not even the under-18s, uh, but the World Juniors, he he went head-to-head uh, with Bedard. Um, he, w- he went head-to-head uh, with uh, Joachim Kemel, the uh, the Finn. And um, he went head-to-head with Cooley, Logan Cooley. And between the three of them going head-to-head, their line scored a combined two goals. That's, uh, you know, so, and uh, you know, it's just a couple of games, but it, it speaks to him being a shutdown kind of forward in the right situation. And uh, of course in the under 18s, he had a what seven, eight goals. He has a big shot too. Uh, And although he, although some have knocked him for a skating uh, on the scouting on the, on the scout side, they go, he skates fine. He's not, he's not slow. He's not, you know, he's not a speed merchant, but he's, he's fine. His skating is fine. So, you know, I I think there's a temptation there. Right. And uh, I mean, and Leonard Leonard is the guy who has, doesn't have a lot of blanks to fill in. The only question with Leonard is, okay, is he a really good complementary player if, if he has elite skill around him, or is he a star in his own right? But you look at him, I mean, he's physically mature. He's not the tallest guy, but uh, but thick and strong physically. Uh, he's a demon of a four-checker, plays, plays a 200-foot game, um, You know, competes like crazy, high-character kid, and has a big shot, too. That's, there's a whole lot to like there. um and he even you know, even has a little bit of playmaking to his game, but on the line he plays with playing with Smith and Perot, he's the finisher a lot of the time. so um so I, I I'd have no problems with with either with either either Leonard or Dvorsky they're at seventh. I already said Benson, I'd be you know if they they like Benson that much fine take him that's the, I, it's gonna be kind of you know not everybody's going to make it. there's gonna be some guys who fall short that just every draft. Yeah, but boy, there, there's a lot of talent here and it's going to be kind of it's going to be hard to go too far off here. That's uh, you can't really go too wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean with having a second pick in the first round, that 22nd pick, is that one where you can incur a little bit more risk in this first one? You go, OK, let's best player available. It's here, then here, in that 22nd. Then maybe you start to say, OK, maybe we take a, a little bit of a risk here because if it pay, if it pays off, we get paid huge dividend on the risk, but we mitigate a little bit because the player is still going to be a decent player. Sure. And, uh, you know, you, you could certainly do that
1: or you might go the other way. You get a forward you really like at, uh, you know, seventh overall and 22nd, you go, oh, there, there's there's some there's some good D here. Um, I'll just, just give you a, a name as an example. Uh, Oliver Bonk, Roddick Bonk's son. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, projected shutdown kind of defenseman. I don't know how much offense he's going to have as a pro but a, a lot of scouts like him quite a bit. Um, feel he's a pretty safe bet to be in NHL D, you know, you, and, and so maybe, you know, maybe you kind of do the opposite of, of swinging for the fences and you go, oh, we think this guy's going to be an NHL player. We don't know if he's going to be a five, a four, a three maximum. I don't know, depending on how he develops. So maybe you do that there. Maybe that's your spot to draft a defenseman or, you know, or maybe you do, maybe you swing for the fences. There's, uh, uh, there's a lot of quality forwards too. I mean, a, a lot of pretty good players. Or you, uh, I, and I don't know if he's going to make it the 22nd. David Edstrom, but Edstrom is a guy who. Well, uh, there, there's a lot to like about him too, and another really good two-way player in the draft. So maybe if you if you go for the D at seven and he's there at 22, that's your pick at 22. Or you, you know, or you go for the max offensive upside earlier, and you go well. There's, there's a two-way, a good two-way forward we think will play in the NHL maybe maybe be a top nine guy so that's uh, that, that's kind of the beauty of this draft you're not you're not reaching too much
0: yeah well we're a week and change from the actual draft happening and then I'll start to cultivate mid-July our list of questions for the offseason and all that stuff but uh, um, the draft is right around the corner at this point it's an exciting time and we'll see how things uh, play out uh, come draft night uh, next week uh, Bill, let's wrap it up there. Read Bill stuff. The great previews that he's got going up on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and all the great work on HockeyBuzz.com as well. And we will talk to you Wednesday on a brand new Flyers. take away, take away. Take-